one of the things that all these companies benefited from was when you provided them a better identity management experience, the simplest way of thinking about identity management is the starting with the front door, logging in, getting into a service. As simple as that, that's how you start your journey with a, with a provider, right? You, with a company, you go to a retail outlet, you log in. That's the first thing you have to do. What's interesting is that this study showed that 40% of all help desk costs uh, were due to the whole forgotten password and password reset process. Welcome to this episode of CX Confessions. I'm Stacey Satterwhite, the Chief Operating Officer here at Koros, a title change for me. I'm joined today by Anastasia Darby, our Director of Strategic Development at Koros. Anastasia is a leader in our strategic services business, an organization that I am now leading and learning more about, and I'm incredibly excited to work closely with Anastasia on this podcast and the strategic services organization moving forward. Welcome, Anastasia. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited. Super excited to have your perspective of all things strategic services and marketing in this episode and even about identity management and how that impacts CX. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to dig in with our guest, Autry, and and chat more about that across you know, our B2B and B2C customers and how that might differ for each of the different customer types. Love it. Today, I'm excited to talk with Autry Chatterjee. Autry is the Chief Marketing Officer of ForgeRock, a San Francisco-based access management software company that's on a mission to create simple and secure identity experiences so users never have to log in again. I think that's called frictionless. Autry has more than 30 years experience in marketing in a variety of technology companies from startups to large established organizations. He's also run his own consulting company and helped clients develop and implement their go-to-markets plans. Before that, he was CMO of a leading cloud security company, Zscaler, where he rebuilt its marketing team, developed and executes their go-to-market strategy, and helped the company prepare for its IPO in early 2018. No small feat, having been through a couple of IPOs myself. His experience also includes leading marketing and business units at enterprise security companies such as Symantec and Secure Computing, which was acquired by McAfee, and marketing technology companies such as Acton Software and Responsys, which was also acquired by Oracle, where he was on the founding team. Super excited to hear from Autry today. Let's stick around what he has to say about digital identity, security, and how that all plays together with CX. Welcome, Autry, to this episode of CX Confessions. Thanks, Stacey. I'm so happy to be here. Happy to have you. You have such an impressive career and has spanned leadership roles across a lot of prominent tech companies. Would love to hear a little bit about your journey that led to you being the chief marketing officer at ForgeRock. Yes, Stacey, it's a long journey because I'm also a pretty old person. Um, and uh, you and me both, Autry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. You, I don't think you know how old I am. But anyway, uh, leave that one alone. Um, I've been in this business for over thirty years, so to give you some perspective. And uh, I started off. Uh, 
as a software developer. I studied computer science uh, and then started off as a programmer and then uh, got onto the business side by uh, taking on product management and product marketing um, and then sort of evolved from that into being doing general marketing. I've been in sales uh, and eventually uh, been a CMO at a, at a few companies. And a lot of my industry expertise has been really in sort of like three major areas. Uh, one of them is, um, you know, security software. I've been doing security software for uh, almost 20 years. Uh, the other one is uh, marketing automation. I also fortunate enough to be a founder of a company that was one of the early pioneers in the space of marketing automation. Uh, that was also a company that was one of the earliest cloud-based uh, software companies. And now, of course, the cloud is the big rage. But when we started that company back in 99, um, 1999, that is, uh, we were one of the very early cloud companies. And it was called Responses, and it was to do marketing on the web. And it ended up uh, becoming a public company and then becoming part of Oracle. So uh, that was the history of that company. I did have some experience on the consumer side because I was uh, uh, the head of marketing for the consumer uh, division of McAfee. Uh, so they had a they had a business to business uh, part of the business, and then they had a consumer part. And I was on the consumer side for a few years, and so that gave me some consumer experience. What a wide variety background! Very different, of course, any kind of consumer business than a than a B two B. They're very different in several ways, and they're also similar in certain ways. There are actually a lot of interesting things that you can take across from the consumer side onto the business side, um, uh, particularly when we talk about things like user experience. You know, how do you reduce friction? And uh, we had a term a few years ago that was called the consumerization of IT. And, and that's an important thing because I think it's still happening now, which is how do we bring that consumer style experience into the business world so that things don't have to be all difficult to do and, and cumbersome. We've always assumed that in business users, they, they'd always put up with a level of pain. And we've always assumed that with consumers, to get transactions going, you have to eliminate the pain. You have to cut down the number of obstacles so that they can quickly get to what they're looking for. Well, that's now moved over to the business side of things also. It's so interesting. I think that might be in part recognition that, sure, big businesses are big businesses, but at the end of the day, all the individuals in it are are human, right? So they they need and want that same kind of individual experience that we're more used to doing on the consumer side. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly the point. And that has become even more profound uh, when you have people using consumer devices devices all the time. And now we use those consumer devices like our iPhones and Android phones for business. So we're interacting with these things every day. Why can't my uh, experience uh, in my company or in my organization be similar to the experience I have on the outside internet? I, I think that's so fascinating. I think one of the my favorite things that I took away from a conference one time was just that conversation around B2B or B2C, but really it's all B2H. It's all business to human and really considering the customer experience, the community experience on, on all ends of it. I would love to learn more about kind of your role of, you know, CMO at Forge Rock and, and, and kind of dig in there a little bit further. Maybe I can start with uh, maybe telling you a little bit about Forge Rock to give you a, a little background into what the company does. So Forge Rock is a software platform. It's a software um, uh, company that is built around 
um, identity and access management. And so what we do is we provide a platform for uh, identity and access management. And we typically sell this into organizations. Those organizations could be companies, they could be government, they could be a variety of different types of organizations. And they could use that to manage the identities of their consumers. So it's a business to business to consumer, B2B to C. Or they could be using that to manage the identities of their workforce, people who work for them, their, their employees, their contractors, and things like that. In some cases, we've even got uh, companies that use uh, our identity and man uh, access management to manage the identity of things. Because now what's happening is there are a lot of, a lot of things that are right, really not humans, right? They're, uh, for example, we've got BMW as a customer. Uh, we've got Toyota as a customer. And one of the things that uh, BMW has a project going on is the connected car. And uh, with the connected car, it's really about how do I manage all those cars, associate them to their owners, uh, have information about them, and so on. So it's quite an intriguing thing where all of these different things are coming together. Identity, it turns out, is really a fundamental piece of managing things online. Uh, it's a sort of like a crucial piece of the equation, and it's become even more important. And it, it's fascinating. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about this just, you know, as travel picks up throughout summer and, and you go in and, and there are so many different ways that your identity is managed, even just through the travel process, going to the, the airport. And there's a variety of options for that now. But from your perspective, why is identity such an important component of CX today? And how has digital transformation of businesses made it even more crucial in recent years? Like, what, what is it about this moment right now? Yeah, and that's a great question. And, and uh, you know, we were talking about my background a little earlier. And I was, uh, prior to coming to Forge Rock, I was at a, a company called Zscaler, which was in the network security space. And the concept of providing network security, um, you know, uh, to companies and to and employees within those organizations in the cloud, and why it relates to identity and 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 the importance of identity in today's world is, you know, there's some major trends going on right now. We often talk about digital transformation. Uh, what does that really mean? That just means that a lot of businesses are going digital. They're transacting online, and of course, the pandemic has only accentuated that, and we are all uh, witness to that, and we we experience that. But what's really happening underneath, right? And why is this digital transformation so, such a big issue? Well, you know, and, uh, and why does it relate to identity? Uh, because what's happened with this digital transformation is that a few interesting things have happened. One is this whole concept of being protected by a perimeter of security is no longer valid, right? Because uh, that concept of, particularly when you're in your company or in your organization and you typically were inside a network, but people don't work like that anymore. Uh, we're all over the place. Most people don't even, you know, the way work is done now has changed. People don't even go into the office. They're connecting from their home network. So people are not on a, on a network that can be protected by a perimeter because they're out on the, on, in the wild network and on the internet. You've also got people with devices, like all of us are using our devices, multiple devices, iPads, iPhones, obviously a traditional computer, all to conduct business. We don't distinguish between what we do for in our personal lives and, and business. So that's another thing that's happened. 
And of course, we're all mobile. You talked about being in the airport and going places. Well, people work from anywhere now, right? And you have uh, folks working from various places, They, you know, and, and the pandemic has only accentuated that. So now it becomes really important for if you don't know what network someone's on, you don't know what device they're using, they could be using a personal device, you don't know where they're located, it's really important to try to figure out who they are. And now identity solves that problem. Like Identity has become an important piece of that, trying to figure out who someone is. So in the, in the security parlance, we have an interesting term that says, you know, identity is the new perimeter. You have to protect each person individually. You can't just put someone behind a corporate network and say they're protected. The other aspect of it is identity is fundamental to knowing who that person is, even when you're transacting with them or you're doing business with them. You want to know who they are. And if you know who they are, you know what their preferences are, and you can give them a better experience. So in some sense, identity plays a really important role in, in the customer experience and the customer relationship management. Very important roles. One in being able to protect people, and the other one is also give them an experience, uh, a, a, a good experience. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the cost of poor CX. I think Forge Rock basically did a, a Forrester study that was published recently that talked about just overall the cost of poor CX. Obviously, that's very important to us here at Koros. You're, you're reading our mail, so to speak. You're speaking our language. Would love to hear a little bit more about that study and kind of how you tied what Forge Rock does to overall cost savings for businesses with respect to poor CX. We did some work on this um, alongside Forrester. And really, the way they did the study was we worked with Forrester, uh, who were an independent consulting company, third party. Um, and they worked with our customers, really, um, uh, people that, uh, that use the Forge Rock system to try to understand better on you know, what their experiences were, what were some of their challenges. We sort of looked at you know, sort of three interesting things that, that came out of that. One was, you know, uh, what was the cost of providing people a better experience? Uh, and, and how did that manifest itself in benefits if you could provide them a better experience? One of the things that all these companies benefited from was when you provided them a better identity management experience and the simplest way of thinking about identity management is the starting with the front door, logging in, getting into a service. As simple as that. That's how you start your journey with a, with a provider, right? You, with a company. You go to a retail outlet, you log in. That's the first thing you have to do. What's interesting is that this study showed that 40% of all help desk costs uh, were due to the whole forgotten password and password reset process. Uh, so if you think about, and, and, and the, probably the largest expense that, that they incurred was their help desks. When they basically uh, improved that, they say, saw a 40% reduction in those help desk costs. So on the average, I think it was about $10 a call on a help desk call, that's what it costs. You save 40% of that, so it becomes from $10, goes down to $6. And now you can only imagine how many millions of calls some of these big organizations have. Huge impact. 
you held a webinar on the top customer experience trends for driving customer transfer digital transformation in 2022. Are there some key highlights from that discussion or some of the top trends that relate to the customer experience that you might want to share today? You know, one of the things that uh, that this omni-channel uh, capability also provides you is think about in the access and authentication. We are trying our best to sort of like get to a world where we don't have to have this username and password paradigm. Now, it'll take a while to get out of that. But there are a bunch of things that we are doing in our company and in, and in other places to try to get to more passwordless environments. Yeah, frictionless, right? Frictionless, the device that you're using. Now, think about all of us have now these iPhones and Android phones. And one of the things that those device manufacturers have done is that they have adopted this concept of passwordless into those devices. Those devices now have the ability to store securely, store these secrets on them, the authenticator secrets, so that once you thumbprint log into your or, or enter your device or face recognition into your device or even put in a PIN code, that device can then be used as, as one of the authenticators you typically have you know, you could, you know, we talk about multi-factor authentication. That becomes a factor of the authentication right there, right? And so, you know, we get to the point where we can actually get to a place where we don't have to, like, have to remember our passwords because we're logging into our account. We're using this device that has a fingerprint that they already know about, and there's something stored on the device that basically does that back and forth uh, transition. And so there's a bunch of work that's being done in this area that, you know, with these devices now that have this capability, the identity and access management systems like ours can facilitate a, a, a much more smooth passwordless environment. Autry, this has been amazing. Before we sign off, we'd like to take a few minutes to get to know you. We do this thing here on CX Confessions we call Rapid Fire. So Anastasia and I are going to ask you a series of rapid fire questions just to get to know you. And I will start. What was your first concert? I remember that well. The Commodores. Do you remember those guys? Well, if wow, you don't remember that, really? Lionel Richie was the lead singer of the Commodores. Of course. I love the Commodores. That's incredible. What profession other than your own would you attempt if you could? Uh, well, that's also a pretty straightforward question because I've thought about this, and particularly as I get uh, older and uh, get ready to do new things. I'd like to be a tour guide who takes people to interesting places. I think that would be a lot of fun because you get to research new places and then you get to really experience these. And uh, hopefully if you have other interested people with you, it'll be a lot of fun. What a very cool answer. Uh, wow, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. It sounds like a cool, a cool profession. Okay, next rapid fire question. What was your first job? Uh, my first job was a dishwasher in the college dining hall. This sounds like a great first job. We all need to do uh, that type of labor when we're young to appreciate it. They used to call that the scully, you know, with scully. the big, yeah, with the with the big hose and washing down all the plates and all that. It's good experience. Also gave me a sense of how much food gets wasted, which is uh, oh, which is a travesty. True. Good point. Whole another podcast episode on that. Okay, yeah. next. What's the most inspiring book you've ever read? I've read a lot of great books, um, but one of them that really stands out is a book called The Snow Leopard uh, by a, a naturalist uh, uh, by the name of Peter Mathiason. 
Uh, it's a really interesting book because it uh, it's set. Uh, he wrote it in the uh, in the late seventies, and it was about his journey into the Himalayas, looking for the snow leopard. Uh, and uh, but what started off as a journey as a naturalist looking for a particular animal ended up becoming uh, sort of a personal and spiritual journey. Really beautifully described in the book, and uh, it's just a fantastic read. Very, very cool. I'll have to check it out. Okay, and then last, if you had to move somewhere other than where you currently live, where would it be? Right. So I, I, uh, I'm assuming this question means that, you know, if I had to live in another place, not just an alternative place, but if I had to move somewhere else, but I'd probably like, I live in San Francisco, so I really enjoy living in the city. And I'd probably choose another bustling city with activity, food, and culture. Ah. I'll probably choose between London, Singapore, maybe Mumbai, my hometown. Uh, those would be, I'm still very much of an urban person, so I would choose one of those places. Yeah, it's hard to go, uh, go non-urban when you love the, the, the food options, the culture option, the hustle bustle, the hair on fire city, as, uh, as my husband and I like to say. Having recently just spent some time in London, yeah, that would be, that'd be an awesome place to be. It's a wonderful place, yeah. <laughs> Well, Atra, we've enjoyed this. Anastasia, thank you very much for being my co-host today. Anytime. Always happy. Maybe we can do this again. Uh, Atra, Anastasia, thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners for this episode of CX Confessions. Thank you. Wow, what a great and interesting conversation with Atra. Having spent some time myself in the digital identity space, and never really made the connection for how important it is to get identity right in order to set up CX, and more specifically, get identity right in a frictionless way. So the, the holy grail of, can we really be sure we know who someone is without asking them any questions and making it frictionless, and then making the CX experience specific and pertinent to them. I never really put those two things together before. So that was an interesting concept for me. Anastasia, what did you think? Absolutely. And it got me thinking too about the way that, you know, on strategic services, my team interacts with customers on, on behalf of our, our Coros customers. We're often trying to make that frictionless experience across how a customer is interacting on social media and ensuring that our, our customers who are engaging with them have a frictionless handoff if they need to talk with an agent or you need to have better history and understanding of who this individual is so that you can really individualize that engagement. But then also, you know, from this other side of identity and protection and, and making sure that you're creating a safe community, you know, weeding out spam, weeding out bad actors. And I think that that is such a, a holistic experience from social engagement, digital engagement, but also a lot of these offline activities that he talked about as well. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you just reminded me uh, using the term bad actors of my days being in this space. And we used to have analysts that would spend lots and lots of time on the dark web because, yeah, the stuff actually gets sold. It's really scary. There are bad actors out there. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's pretty wild. You know, I see it a lot in a, in a microcosm on social commentary yeah. where you've got spam, you've got fake accounts, and there are things that brands can do to, to weed those out. But, you know, that's, all, that's on such a small scale. There's so many other ways that they could be engaging that you really need to look out for as a brand. So I love what Forge Rock is doing to make that 
you know, going back again, more of a frictionless experience for customers. Yeah, exactly. And then even independent of the security part, just the whole concept of forgot password, that Forrester study was very interesting. Something that's not that's not new, but still all organizations grapple, if you will, with the fact that they spend the majority of their help desk time on forgotten passwords. It's it, it's definitely an area where companies invest a lot of time and energy and not to not to mention frustration from a user. Yeah, if we can get that part right. Wow. What a better place the world would be. Agreed. <laughs> I know I, I know I don't enjoy that piece of trying to log into something. So the more that that can be um, e easy to do and and I it takes less from me. Um, I, I certainly enjoy that experience. Yeah, very, very, very good. Totally agree. Anastasia, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for your time today in our interview with Autry. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure doing this with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks all for listening to this episode of CX Confessions. We'll talk to you next time.